Come here, I was thinking there, you know, the way we had to address in the last episode, the fact that I now live in Dublin and that's yeah. kind of an issue for the general mm-hmm. concept of the podcast. Yeah. We also should probably address the fact that you don't even have a smartphone anymore. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yes, that, that puts a spanner in the works uh, for a technology-based podcast. <laughs> mm. I- Killian's just been recording his, his reviews on a tape. Yeah. yeah. What, what? I thought it was funny that Anna referred to it as a, as a button phone. She's like, Killian has a button phone. I never, you're always referring, I don't know, forwards, I guess. You always hear people refer to stuff as, you know, the, the more technological thing is the, is the different one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. She's like, Killian's got a button phone now. I was like, oh, a button phone, eh? Yeah. A phone with buttons. <laughs> um, it, uh, a blockia is my, is the new term, I think. Um, uh, I really like the term block, yeah, but it's good. I, I mean, I, you know why I got it. It, it was, uh, first of all, I did lose my phone somewhere in Italy, but then I wanted to get a clearer head and I, I wasn't enjoying having this piece of technology, which just felt like it was taking over my own brain. And uh, I was just mm. like keeping my brain in the pocket and I would access it from time to time. But generally my head <laughs> was just kind of empty. Uh, so I, I so I got it uh, for that reason. I have it. I have an iPad at home. Well, it's not an iPad. Sorry, a tablet at home, and I WhatsApp voice record off that. So still able to do the WhatsApp voice messages. And how has it been beneficial for you? Like, do you think it's it's a, you've achieved what you wanted to by getting a a button phone? I've started reading Ulysses. That's how good it's been. Say no more. Within a within the first week, I started reading Ulysses. Wow! And I got through the first chapter. So there you go. Mm. I don't think I need to say anything more on that matter. You look a lot more handsome too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's been saying that. <laughs> would you consider doing it? I no, no. Maybe like I I would if I actually would like if there was a smartphone if you could get like a, a button phone that just has Spotify and Google Maps, I'd be all over that. But yeah. and maybe maybe email i don't know like i do have to use email like i'm in college like i need to i need to be checking my mails that's it yeah (laughs) that's how it gets though you start so you go like ah yeah if it was just that and then google maps well then again also maybe gmail then spotify then you know it'd be nice to have twitch oh yeah also i mean youtube for when i'm on the bus Mm. and then you just end up like creating the iphone um what's surprising is how many people when they see me with the button phone as anna calls it um how much they desire that as well. Like no one seems to like their smartphones anymore. Um, it's almost like an uncool thing to say, I love my smartphone. You very rarely people mm. who are kind of like delighted with them. Do we hate yeah. our smartphones? I definitely, yeah, I would say I do hate mine. And it's funny because there's actually like a new, I don't know, I'm getting targeted with a lot of ads on Instagram for like high end button phones, which I find such a funny concept. Like we don't need expensive, fancy phones with less features. We are, those they already exist like we don't <laughs> we don't need you to reinvent a phone with less features so just get an old phone like it makes no sense yeah it's a funny thing buying the uh burner phones because like obviously the, the main reason they're bought for is drug dealing and i got mine off a guy mm. on mead street and he kind of did it this kind of a head nod to me when i got it i was like i he was like do you want the 100 euro one where you can check your email and stuff like that and i was like i ah, know i just want the 30 euro one and then he kind of like nodded to me. And I was, yeah. like, I was like, no, no, I know no, it's to. not that. But then I was kind of yeah. enjoying it, having the reputation of being a drug dealer. <laughs> mm, yeah. Got to feel hard. <laughs> On the, to segue from feeling hard to feeling not. Oh yeah, that's a good one. You're very good at the links. Um, yeah, thank you. Going from being perceived as a drug dealer, I'll swiftly move to being perceived as a very soft little nanny boy. Um, I went to see I went to see the Downton Abbey movie with my my mum and my two aunties uh, last week, Downton. and um, yeah, and this is uh, what I thought. <laughs> hey, just got out of um, the Downton Abbey film. I actually don't even know what the name of it is. I think it's just the Downton Abbey film <laughs> in everyone's minds. Uh, went to see it with my mum and my aunties uh, for her birthday and um yeah i guess if you don't know about it downtown ambi um the tv show is just all these very slick polished shots of you know nice uh, victorian english people it's kind of pornographic and how much velvet and nice hats and waistcoats and brass polished brass and gardens and stately homes there is 
so it has all that and it's got like a nice story you basically um it's downton abbey business as usual and the butlers are flurrying about the house and the maids are putting on the hats and the dresses and then um lord grantham gets a letter and it turns out the king and queen are going to visit downton abbey and and there you go the film has started but um yeah i mean i i liked it but i do there's, there was this kind of nagging feeling the whole time I was watching it in that I really didn't feel like I was watching a film. I felt like I was watching a Christmas special or maybe just some sort of long TV show. It just, it just didn't feel like a film, I guess, because it was a TV show for so long and I did watch an awful lot of that TV show. It just, I don't know, it didn't feel like a movie. And... Um, I was kind of like, why am I sitting in the cinema watching this? And that's not to say I didn't enjoy it. I thought the story was really charming. And, um, you know, there's loads of one-liners in it. I thought the one-liners were as sharp as ever. And there's this, like, really nice Irish character in it who's just, you know, the hero of the piece. So it's it's nice to have him there. But it just didn't feel like a cinema film at all. And um, it almost feels weird talking about it uh, or even reviewing it. And, um, yeah. But otherwise, it was good. It was nice. I was glad I went to see it with my mum and stuff. It was, it's that's something we do. It's kind of a, a guilty pleasure, if you will, because uh, I couldn't disagree more with like the sentiments in the film or whatever, like or the points they're trying to make or just everything about it. <laughs> I really disagree with it, but uh, I just kind of like it as well. <laughs> I hope I'm allowed to do that. Anyway, uh, I don't think you'll ever watch this film. It. it the entire time I was watching it, I'd say Mark would absolutely hate this film. And it's not even a film. It's a TV show. It's a Christmas special. You would hate that film. <laughs> yeah, no, I, d I definitely would never, ever even consider watching that movie. But I, I enjoyed listening to, to what you thought of it. <laughs> okay, that's good. Yeah, I mean, I guess in terms of have uh, has my opinion changed since watching it? Not really. I still uh, think I enjoyed the the film as a whole but um, i can confirm it is called downton abbey there's no more they didn't think of a different name it's just called downton abbey i i enjoyed the experience of going to see the film but again it did it didn't feel like a film and i i was trying to think of other times that i've had this same kind of feeling and uh and it's maybe something like like i remember watching wallace and gromit and also feeling like that that was it was mm. fun it was nice but it was also something that i really should be watching on tv and what's interesting as well is how unmemorable it is in the same way that a TV show is less memorable than a film. Like you remember whole scenes of a film and they're kind of like, they stand out. Whereas in this, yeah. nothing really stood out because it wasn't, I don't know, grand enough or, or vivid enough, or I don't know, film and TV is just different. And this felt more like TV than film. Did they up the production at all for the, uh, for the film or was it pretty much the same as, as how it was in the show? I I suppose, um, yeah, the production was, it's a fairly high budget TV show. Um, and then the production yeah. was, was higher. It was a little bit more on a grand scale. So that was the only real difference. Um, like, I don't know, in terms of the writing and everything like that, it was pretty much the exact same. And mm. I don't know, I guess, yeah, I was wondering, have you ever had that experience watching a film which didn't feel like a film? It felt more like a, a TV show or something. It didn't sit right. I'm trying to... I'm trying to think. I don't know. Like, not not that I can really think of. The, the, I know what you mean. Like, I guess because TV shows have more, it's just an entirely different thing. Like the way stories are told is completely different. But I can't really think of any. Well, I, what I was I thinking know. was like um, comparing Black Mirror with a film because Black Mirror is an hour and a half long. And yeah, it's, but it's not a, it's not a film. And and also Sherlock, the TV series, they're, they're an hour and a half long, but they're they're not films. And I think that it kind of had the same vibe as maybe if you've seen Black Mirror, if you've seen Sherlock, it was the same kind of thing. Like you, you're watching it and it's great, but it's not cinema. It's a different thing. Th that's actually very interesting about Black Mirror, because, yeah, it is it is it is the same length as a, a lot of movies, but I can. Yeah, it's definitely like it doesn't feel like a film. No. I don't know. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's I a mean, TV what's show. interesting is that Robert Downey Jr. took one of the ideas from Black Mirror. Um, he got the copyright for it and said, oh, I'm going to turn that into a movie. And I always thought that was really interesting because 
you know, how long is his going to be movie going to be? Is it going to be the exact same thing, but just like a half an hour longer with <laughs> a bit more money thrown at it? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, that is interesting. Like I, I, I'd like to hear like a proper, I don't know, film ac- ac- academic describe. Well, you're a, you're a film academic. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> I don't think, I, I don't think having a WhatsApp voice review podcast counts as being a film academic, but I'll take the compliment. <laughs> it's interesting though, I guess, cause like with regard to the Denton Abbey, it sounds like it, cause I feel like usually with films, I'm just thinking of the Simpsons film or even the Wallace and Gromit movie, the film, they usually go outside of the normal realm of the show for the yeah. sake of the film. So for the Simpsons film, I can't even remember what happened, but loads of weird shit happened and they went outside of Springfield yeah, and they're yeah, all yeah, over yeah. the place. But uh, like, regardless of what you thought of it, it definitely did feel like a movie. Like mm-hmm. it definitely mm-hmm. wasn't just a long episode of the Simpsons. Exactly. But like yeah. Denton Abbey just very much stayed within the the manor or wherever it's set. Yeah, definitely. Within the world of Denton Abbey, the King and Queen coming to visit is about as about as big as it can get. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe a revolution on Downton would be a bit bigger, but uh, that wasn't the film we're going to get. But yeah, no, I mean, yeah, they did. They stayed within the confines of what uh, Downton Abbey, a TV show is like. Another thing that I kind of said there in The View, which I was interested in uh, asking you as well, was uh, I disagree politically with this film so much. Like not like just so much of it was so much not what I think, but I still enjoyed it. And I was wondering if there's films where you've watched and gone like, this is not good, but also very good. Mm. Yeah, I think I'd feel that way with a lot of, I'm actually, as I'm going to talk about later, Rambo. Um, there's a lot of hyper American, almost, I only found out since watching it. So it's a bit embarrassing how my review is going to go. Uh, the new Rambo is getting a bit of stick for being kind of xenophobic and potentially a bit hyper Republican maybe and, and Trump-esque. Mm-hmm. But when I was watching it, you just kind of get into the mind set of it and you're like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. You know, you're like watching all this action and shit and you're like, yeah, but like, I don't actually, you know, when you see all the super American stuff, I don't think super nationalistic or American stuff is good. But when you see it in the context of like a Sylvester Stallone action film, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, go America or whatever. But then in reality, that's not how I feel. And I guess it's kind of what you're trying to describe as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's definitely that kind of thing. So I had a bit of that for me. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, uh, if you have a soft spot for period dramas like I do, uh, this isn't such a bad way you can spend an afternoon. Um, and if you have a mm. few aunties and a mum whose birthday it is, why not bring them along? would you say uh would you say there's any appeal to people who haven't seen the show or do you think it's purely catering to those people um i think it's purely catering to those people or this kind of anglo file thing that there is about you know people just like that that kind of british shit you know like the the, the oh hello lady and duchess and it's mainly an american audience and then also the brits themselves and uh, the kind of people mm. who follow the royal family, this is made for them. And uh, and yeah, <laughs> and they'll lap it up. It's exactly what they're looking for. Um, shall we move on to the next one? Yeah, the next uh, film. Can we, cr- can we, I'm trying to get good at the links here. Can we crawl into the next, uh, into the next segment? <laughs> that was very, very poor. <laughs> yeah, the, the next film we will talk about, I went to see a couple of weeks ago called Crawl. Uh, directed by Sam Raimi, and it's about a woman who gets trapped in a basement with a with a big crocodile. And here we go. Hey man, I just went to see Crawl, the new um, crocodile film, were directed by Sam Raimi. Um, really stupid film, uh, but kind of enjoyable in a way, but also kind of boring at times. Um, like it's all mainly set in a basement. And, uh, like, it's just her trapped in the basement with a load of alligators or crocodiles. And, like, there's only so much you can do in a basement. They kind of establish some things, like there's safe parts of the basement and unsafe parts. And then, like, obviously they're trying to get out. So it's just a lot of swimming around trying to avoid the, the alligators. And, like, you can't really do that much with that. I don't think, uh, I don't know. I don't really think they thought it through before they decided to go ahead and make the film. They do kind of introduce some new characters and there is some like some explorations for the outside, but most of it's just in, in a in a basement, so not a lot can happen. But over it wasn't too bad, I guess. It was like overall it was 
it was a it was pretty fun. It was kind of boring at times, but it was it was pretty good. They had some like good plot, uh, little like spooky things, like you know in Jurassic Park uh, two where the they have the long grass and then the Velociraptors are in the grass and you don't know you can't see them and they're going around. There's a lot of stuff like that where the water is like up at chest height and there's alligators under the water and they're going around and you're like, oh, where's the where's the fucking alligator going to come out of? But yeah, overall, just as I said. It's an alligator horror film. It's exactly what you expect. But it's definitely a tier above the likes of, you know, like Sharknado and all those kind of things, which you kind of think it is. Another issue I had with it, which I was saying to Owen, was when you have, like, an animal as the the main villain in a film, just seeing, like, a normal... Unless it's, like, a super beast or whatever, but just seeing a normal animal, even if they've done loads of bad stuff, seeing them get killed isn't really that satisfying. So there were times where alligators would get killed and you'd just be like... Ah, they just killed an alligator. Like, you know, he didn't mean to do it. Like, he just wanted to eat some stuff. He wasn't, he wasn't, uh, he didn't mean to, you know, cause them all this hassle. He was just a hungry gator who broke free from, well, didn't break, yeah, you know what I mean. Whatever. It was a stupid film, but I guess it was kind of a fun film. It was, uh, yeah, that, that actually summed it up pretty well at the end there. Stupid film, but a fun film. Yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't actually been to, like, just to see, like, in the cinema, I haven't been to see... Just a real big dumb, dumb thriller slash horror thing like that in a long time, and it was good. Like it was good fun to go. It was. It's interesting how people behave in these in these films. Like, first of all, there's a lot of teenagers there, like talking, and people were like on their phones, and lots of people were like laughing and like throwing yeah shit about the place and stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> people do this in the cinema sometimes. Um, but yeah, it it was it was a it was a funny film. Like it, it, there are definitely some things in it that like I was like, oh, this is this is good. Like they had a lot of because it was based around crocodiles. They kept throwing out all these like fake, you know, when films do like fake uh, science stuff. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So like on, really on top that. of like when when I said they established like you you understand what I meant when I was like they established there's safe parts of the basement and there's unsafe. So yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They can hang out. But then on top of that, they, they had all these things like crocodiles can't hear when they're above water. They can only hear underwater. <laughs> and then I was like, I don't think that's true. And then they had uh, like crocodiles hunt through splashing. So if you make as little splashes as possible, they won't be able to detect you in the water. <laughs> and then so obviously that's used for like walking through the water, making no splashes. And then suddenly, you know, something falls and it makes a splash. And then, and oh, then the no, crocodile is immediately there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was like it wasn't very memorable and it was stupid, but it was fine. Kind of fun. Also, yeah, the the thing about um the animals like getting killed. Like, do you know do you, do I do, you I do I have like, like um maybe a slight contention with that in that um I'm just thinking about King Kong and uh the um what is it, Planet of the Apes? And the new ones, mm. uh, namely those two ones done by Andy Serkis. And I think that, uh, I guess, to be fair, those aren't straight animals. They kind of have human qualities to those animals. But, um, mm. but like, in, in when they're kind of performed in the right way, they can, they can kind of have an emotional thing. And, like, uh, you know, when King Kong died, that was very sad. Uh, mm. But then again, he is kind of human animal. So I think you are, I mean, it made me laugh. I completely understand what you're saying, like, Killing an alligator kind of just feels like, yeah, but you know, wasn't doing anything wrong. It was just doing what it could to do to survive. You know, yeah, they're just taking advantage of a, a good situation for them. Like there's a flood in Florida, and they're like, fresh meat. <laughs> but um, also, like you know, in films as well, when like I don't know if there's like a a guard dog or like a Rottweiler going, like, and then they kill it or something. You're, I'm always kind of like, oh, like yeah, <laughs> it's just not nice to see like dogs or animals getting killed. Yeah. It also yeah. made me realize that in, um, I don't know if you've seen the film Jurassic Park, but I don't think any of the dinosaurs get killed in that movie. I, I did enjoy... Unless they're uh, killed by other uh, I, dinosaurs. Yeah, no, I did enjoy your um, continuing the long-standing tradition of somehow comparing a film to a scene in, uh, in Jurassic Park. Uh, very craftily done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, between one and two, it's, it's, like, it's like the old Simpsons did it thing like it's hard to come up with new things that the Simpsons haven't done I would argue that it's hard to come up with an original scene in in a film that can't be compared to something in the Jurassic Park franchise I mean we really are living in the post Jurassic Park era of cinema and everyone really agrees on that most academics 
Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, it it was also that film was funny, like just think like some of the scenes. It, it was actually quite nice to see some of the scenes really look like sets because it was flooded. And I, I realize like this kind of means they haven't achieved what they intended to, but uh, you could really feel like in some scenes that they're in a studio with like fake rain bucketing down and there's kind of like oh, a okay, fake yeah, street. Yeah. But I know it was supposed to look real, but the fact that it didn't look real was kind of nearly a bit nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I was kind of like seeing a, a proper set with proper like water splashing <laughs> down and stuff. I was like, this, like it looks like a real kind of old, film even though it wasn't supposed to yeah 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 i I guess uh, for me i i I suppose i'm not i I was i was gonna go with all the like this is a real dumb film with uh which is like a basically a sharknado thing and and like you know there's so many plot holes and and all this kind of stuff but i guess um from listening to your review i was like well it seems like just none of that really mattered and it wasn't really a it kind of knows that it's a dumb film and uh it doesn't Mm. pretend not to be um why can't they go upstairs uh, the crocodiles. No, why? Why can't the people just leave the basement? Why can't they just walk upstairs? This was this was something we discussed. Um, oh, that a big fat crocodile pretty early on smashes the stairs. What? Okay, the stairs are made of wood. And uh, yeah, the stairs are wooden. And then um, yeah, people things happen to people that make the, make them unable to go <laughs> okay. up the stairs. All right. Okay, we don't want to give away any spoilers here. Um, no, for, not uh, at all. But yeah. For Crawl, the Crocodile it, it Basement Horror. Yeah, I like how I realized, like I casually said in it, like it's the new crocodile film, as if that's like a genre. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the um, it definitely was, though. I know I kind of said it sounds stupid and I was kind of, but it. I actually haven't seen Sharknado, but I've seen films like that. Mm. And it definitely, like, Sharknado and those kind of things are intended to be shit. Like, Mm -hmm. they're made with the intention to appeal to people who kind of like B-movies and shitty stuff. Whereas this, I feel like it wasn't. It was intended to be good. It was just a dumb thing. They tried to inject some emotion and a bit of other stuff. Like, it was intended to be a a kind of a silly thriller, but not outwardly, like, shit and stupid, like Mm. some of those other films can be. Okay, okay. Um, I'm not. I I would say you should probably just never ever watch it. Yeah, I don't think I will <laughs> but, ever watch it. But um, I do have kind of a soft spot for thrillers right now. So, um, that's probably mm. not where I'm going to go to. But uh, maybe it'll end up on the on the Christmas it, watch list. <laughs> a, a lot of it was just very very boring. Like th- there's only so much crocodiles jumping out, and splashing, <laughs> jumping out of the water at you in a basement that you can yeah, take yeah, before yeah. you like. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I think that's all I really have to say about Crawl. Good. Yeah. Not not bad. Not great. Maybe if it, if it came on Netflix and you were like hung over on a Sunday or something, maybe watch it or maybe don't. Maybe that's it a, would be a good film to put on like if you were like cooking or like hanging uh, out with mates, cleaning maybe. the house. Yeah. Just like not paying attention. Yeah. That sounds like what it was like in the cinema as well. So uh, just people kind of watching and not paying attention to it. It's just background noise yeah. with the odd thing that you can tune in and tune out of. I'm down with that. Um, one thing about the cinema, I went to a view cinema, which is like a chain. And I went to the one in Liffey Valley. And man, the screen was enormous. Really? Like I couldn't. It was huge, man. And it, oh. it was it had it had this surround sound sound thing and it, it was super HD and they had this it, like insanely over the top 3D animation at the start that went like you are in view cinema. Oh, <laughs> like it had all this really over the top What was the ticket price? Stuff. Oh, I think I got I got a, a popcorn and a drink and a ticket. And a Maltesers bar oh. for eighteen fifty. I didn't eat. I, I didn't eat Vegan. the Maltesers bar. She told. Okay. No, she told me that it would be eighty cent cheaper if I also bought a Maltesers bar. So I was like, <laughs> okay, throw it in. I gave it to my dad. <laughs> what but, um, chocolate for your dad? How the tables yeah. have turned. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, there's a treat for you, dad. <laughs> The, um, but I would recommend check, like, I hadn't, it was, it was an overwhelming experience. I'll check that out. So the view in Liffey Valley. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Shall we, shall we move on? Oh yeah. Let's move on. Um, okay. 
moving. So I was trying to do a link there with like moving from the ordinary to the extraordinary. Oh, uh, I would say like the it was an ex, it would this it was an extraordinary cinema that I saw. <laughs> well, uh, to link up with extraordinary things, I watched the film Extraordinary with uh, Maeve Higgins, uh, the Irish film, an Irish film, and I think our first Irish film uh, to be reviewed on MK Ultra Film. Uh, yeah. So a big event here. I went to see it just uh, last week, and um, this is what I thought. Hey, just got out of um, Extraordinary, the new Irish horror film with uh, Maeve Higgins in it and Will Forte. And uh, yeah, I thought it was really very, very good. <laughs> very funny film indeed. It was like, um, I guess beforehand, I was kind of like a bit worried the way you always are before an Irish film where you're kind of like, oh, God, this could be really cringy and not good. <laughs> uh, but like from the from the first, you know, opening shots, it does a really good job of just, I don't know, presenting the world and you kind of really accept the world where like fantasy ghosts and everything like that exist and uh, people know about them and you know odd things happen and there's no kind of like i don't know there's no kind of having to get your head around uh how this world works or whatever it was just, it's very it's just like a small irish town where there's ghosts and um and Maeve higgins can communicate with them and that's and that's it and it's really uh, so funny like um really kind of surprisingly boundary pushing and some of the humor or rather like there's some things they say or do with this where you're like fuck this is very they pushed uh they go pretty far and say some pretty dodgy stuff, um, but it all it all works. The tone of it is really, really good. Very funny. Lots of like funny Irish stuff. Um, I guess like it does a lot right. Uh, there's some bits that are kind of, I don't know, it does more than right than it does wrong. There are some bits where a little bit kind of wonky, like uh, I think the acting on some of the emotional bits wasn't so great. Like there's the... Uh, the comedy timing and everything like that was all on and it was all on cue. But th when it kind of got to emotional stuff, I don't think the actors were really uh, able to nail it. Um, but overall, and then, yeah, also the story. I think some of the story kind of things went a little bit, I don't know, wasn't that tight. But you kind of would expect that with it. It wasn't as polished as you would expect from an American big blockbuster or something like that. But yeah, you kind of forgive it because it had a homemade retro vibe to it. Um, it kind of had that not dissimilar to Stranger Things, kind of a retro feel to it. There's a lot of videotapes that's set in the 90s. It's kind of like 90s Ireland, or maybe even the early 2000s. And uh, yeah, you kind of forgive all the kind of little wonky bits here and there. But uh, I have to say, like, you know, there's that laugh test where you have to laugh a certain amount of the cinema and you have to laugh out loud a few times for it to be a funny film. This passed that completely. It was very funny. Um, Maeve Higgins is just a really funny actor. Uh, really ha hoping to see her in more films and it just has that nice kind of Irish uh, like some really funny bits where it's like um, I don't know like the county councillor is there and he, like there's loads of ghosts and mad things happening and he just stands up and says hello I'm your local county councillor um, which doesn't maybe doesn't sound funny but it's just funny uh, I would recommend going to see it and um, oh yeah and Will Forte is amazing he plays kind of like a Chris de Berg character but is also a Satanist and it's just he's very funny <laughs> I uh, really recommend seeing it. Mm, sounds good. Yeah. Um, I don't know if my opinions changed that much. I guess thinking back on it, um, yeah, it maybe had one or two scenes that didn't quite land or jokes that didn't quite um, hit, but there were so many jokes, there were so many uh, funny scenes that it really, like, it definitely uh, did a lot more right than it did wrong. And I, uh, I'm just really happy that the film got made because it's a pretty out there idea and it, mm. it has some pretty out there jokes and they're somehow delivered in quite a nice way. Not in a, mm. I mean, there's like teenage girls exploding and stuff in this, but somehow it's yeah. really funny. Uh, it's that classic. I don't know why I didn't mention it that it's that classic Irish black hum humor. And it has this, this continuous stream, uh, of people reacting in a really common sense way to the most ridiculous situations, which I think is one of my favorite types of comedy when, you know, let's say uh, someone just, you know, someone explodes or uh, like vomits and then a ghost appears somewhere and then some old granny is walking past and just sort of says, oh, hello, and just reacts in a really normal way. 
It's just for me that's yeah. all was really really funny. Mm. Um, so that's like the uh, county councillor was funny in that in that sense. When you said when you said like there's some pretty dodgy stuff in it, like what are we talking about? Like what, what kind of humor or whatever is oh, that? Uh, just very dark and then kind of like ah uh, oh, man, <laughs> it's very hard to say non. Non yeah. PC stuff, but somehow delivered in a PC way. I would say that about this film, like non, um, maybe non PG stuff, but delivered in a PG way. That's maybe what I'd mm. say. Uh, like what, it's it's not. What was the age rating? What was the age rating? God, I don't know. I'd say maybe twelves, maybe even sixteens. Really, sixteens? No, I'd say sixteens. Okay. Yeah, they talk about sex and stuff. Um, mm. and there's uh-huh. sex and stuff, but uh, there's some scenes that like <laughs> honestly had me uh, laughing a lot. There's a car chase in the film, which is just a very, very funny car chase, and Will Forte is mm. just really, really, really funny. Um, how, how yeah. did Will Forte is like because he, he has he, I feel like his humor is quite obscure, and he was obviously in like Tim and Eric, and he was in Flight of the Concords as well. How did his like because he has quite a strange american humor how did that gel with like the irish dark yeah, humor no it went really really well i i i'm will forte is kind of an actor who i who i find very funny but i was sort of didn't really think much about because he's always in the background of other projects and other films mm. and in this one he's playing a main role and uh, you really get to see that he's a really very good comic actor there's um a scene which is just him and Maeve higgins probably the best scene in the film where uh, she's giving him a driving lesson and he's just he's just they're in a car together and he's just taking off uh his uh, gloves and and then he puts on another pair of gloves and it's the funniest thing ever mm. and all all that's in it is just you know Maeve Higgins uh sitting very politely next to him and him slowly taking off these gloves and making a few funny faces and it's it's it had me on the floor so funny so uh yeah really good acting it's it's bizarre that he's even in it. Like he he's quite like I'd say quite a niche American comedy actor. And this is yeah. it's it's an Irish made film starring is it all Irish people except for him pretty much? Basically, yeah. Um I think there's also maybe one Australian actor. Um mm. but yeah, it, I think it might be on the on the basis of the script and maybe Maeve Higgins, maybe her name lent to it. And uh I don't know. I mean I, I think the script might have pulled him in because it's a pretty good script. Uh it's very funny. What else was Maeve? I, I only know Maeve Higgins from Naked Camera, that like hidden camera yeah. prank show. She She's kind of just a stand up and uh, she writes uh, articles about, um, I don't know, she was living in New York when I was living in New York and she, she was uh, she was just an Irish person in New York and writing articles about that. Uh, so I she really kind of had a connection with all the things she was writing, obviously. And she Oof. makes a lot of radio stuff. She did a really good podcast with Mary Robinson about climate change. Uh, she did a good audio drama. Oh. She wrote about being an uh, an, uh, an immigrant in America, uh, and she, um, yeah, she just uh, I don't know. She she writes articles for like New York Times and the uh, RTE. She had a weekly um, column in the RTE magazine, so she's just around. She's a kind of a public figure, but yeah, she, from time to time she uh, makes stuff, and I think she wants to do more acting. Um, so hopefully she does. She's a really good comedy actor. Yeah, a woman of many talents, it seems. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> uh, is it is it a is it a spooky film at all? Like, would you be um, get a few spooks, or is it kind of some bits are a bit spooky, but overall, I think it's a comedy movie. Um, it's more comedy mm. than spooky. And Anna said after the film, uh, like, there's CGI. The ghosts are CGI. Um, well, some of them are, and the CGI is pretty good quality. But there's one kind of ghost who's CGI, and Anna was like, oh, it would have been a bit more scary if he had been non-cgi if he'd been real and i was kind of like thinking ah that i really didn't care like if this mm. was scary or not it really wasn't what the film was about more about the jokes and landing the punchlines than being scary yeah oh it sounds cool i want to say like as you said when when you go into a film like that for the first five minutes you are kind of like oh <laughs> i hope this isn't fucking awful <laughs> yeah as they so often can be but yeah yeah i'm glad yeah. that i got your approval because when i saw the trailer i was like this looks this looks like it could be something, but I don't know. It just it just had to hit the tone, and it had to hit the the tone of it, and that that's what it managed to n- nail. And you kind of it's really charming and nice, and you like it, and that's mainly down to Maeve Higgins, I think. 
uh, you're on the mm. side of the film from the first five minutes. And I think most, I talked to friends who actually didn't like it as much as me, but they both had that same feeling that like I, they were on the side of the film. Like they liked it. They were on, uh, they thought it was funny and they were charmed by it. And some things that didn't work, they forgave because, you know, they were kind of like, ah, this is a good movie. Like the heart's in the right place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. And that, I, I don't know if that also stems from the Irishness of it too. Yeah. So. <laughs> Probably very bad. Like, ah, they tried their best. <laughs> Fair um, play to them. Uh, but you went to see a very non-Irish film. You went to see uh, a film that I'm really nice. interested to hear about. Yeah, I, we're getting better at the leagues. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rambo. The, the new uh, female remake of Rambo. Yeah. Rambini. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, just to clarify, it's not a new female remake. Um. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's about as masculine as can be. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, what I'm supposed to say now is I did go and see Rambo, <laughs> and here's my little voice clip for it. Just got back from Rambo: Last Blood, the fifth installment in the Rambo series, and very, very happy with that movie. Really, just nailed it. Very, just efficient well put together action film and of all action films a rambo film um just so funny and cheesy and like i was saying to my dad when we left i saw it with my dad nothing in it surprising happened whatsoever everything but in a in a good way like everything that happened i was like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like expected that and then like even to the extent that i was anticipating things would happen like i was like oh now he's gonna take a hit like there's the time where rambo is gonna something's happened to him and then he's gonna have to you know overcome this or whatever but uh yeah it was so funny and like when i said it was efficient i mean like it was so you were only given the bare minimum necessary context to understand anything so like it starts off and he has first of all he has a new family he's like you're the you're the only family I've ever had, the only family I've ever loved. And like, he's never had this family in any of the other movies. And he's like, I'd do anything for my family. And you're like, all right, well, I guess he has a family. And then at the start, and then at the start, uh, the kind of daughter character is like, literally within five minutes, she's like, I found my real father and I have to go to Mexico. And you're like, oh, here we go. And he's like, I told you, you not to meet that guy. And you're like, okay, cool. She has to go meet her dad, bad guy. And then they have this big dialogue about, he ran away from you and you were a kid and he's a bad guy. And you're like, perfect, got that down. And then she goes to Mexico, stuff happens. And then like every scene he, you know, that follows from there. You don't know who she is. He lives with this other woman. They're not romantically involved. You don't know who she is. Who fucking cares who she is? You know, it doesn't matter. She fits her role. He meets various people along the way. Stuff happens. Like the, the the time it takes for action to begin and for him to have a need to fight people is so short. And you're just like, wow, they just fucking got straight in there. But it doesn't leave you confused. Like the story couldn't be any more simple. Like it would be impossible to be confused by the story. <laughs> but not that nothing happens. A lot happens. But you're just like, ah, yeah, so that guy did that bad thing. So now he's going to get revenge and do this. And this happens so now that guy's gonna do that and you're just like boom 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 and some of the violence man it is so over the top and also like the cliche one-liner super like nearly hyper american stuff it's just perfect they just he fucking nailed it good job sylvester stallone Mark, yeah. I really liked your review. <laughs> hey, thank you i love your your uh sly voice it's good yeah He's a uh, man. He's I, I. I'm watching that. I was just like, God, uh, Sylvester Stallone is so funny. Like, <laughs> there's there's loads of like serious dialogue of what, as I said, and he's like, your dad left you, and he's not a good guy. <laughs> and he, uh, <laughs> it's just it, it's he. There's a lot of like close ups of just his face, and he's just the weirdest looking person. <laughs> and he's got a tiny little mouth. His mouth looks like a little beak, and he's just like. Yeah, yapping away and he's just he's just such a like it's just so hard to believe that he's a real person and <laughs> but he's uh he's actually like he's a really good actor yeah. i genuinely believe that yeah. sylvester sloan is have you ever seen the thinking, first rocky i mean 
It's incredible. Yeah. Really good acting. Well, he wrote that too. He wrote all of those films. Yeah. He's, he's a, he, cause that's the thing I was thinking like uh, of those genre of films. Do I prefer, do I prefer Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger? And I guess overall I'd probably say Arnold Schwarzenegger because he, uh, is vegan. You know, he's in more, he's in more movies that I like, but I think, um, Sylvester Sloan just seems to be genuinely more talented. Like he's can really act like in Creed. I don't know if you've seen Creed, but he is really good in that. Like I was getting a bit teary eyed at some of the yeah. scenes in that film. But um, in this, you can tell he's still, even though he's doing the action thing and it's all so ridiculous, his character and the way he reacts to stuff is still pretty, you're, you're in there. Like you're like, he has the, he plays the role of the kind of washed up, vietnam vet kind of crazy guy and yeah it's good like i i liked it and i think do you know what do you know what uh i think anyone who goes into this film expecting it to be anything other than exactly what it is like i feel like any franchise is naturally going to get worse over time and this is rambo like the first rambo the story of rambo is pretty fucking like crazy in the first one like he basically just hides in the forest and attacks a load of policemen for no reason so if that's the <laughs> first film then this one's gonna be you know this is five ones down the line so if, yeah, if you expect I, anything more of it i guess yeah i mean um it's it's weird with uh sylvester stallone i i mean with the rockies like it's another one of those ones with like a mission impossible where uh tom cruise says i'll stop making them when they stop being really really good and uh mm. in a weird way you know he's right like uh like these films for some reason rocky is still good and i still enjoy seeing i like that rambo came out i was like i can't wait to see that uh, but it's maybe mm. it's the safety of knowing what you're gonna get and um, that's what's kind of yeah. comforting like the the fact that you said absolutely nothing unexpected happens in this entire film that you knew exactly what was going to happen there's just maybe some yeah. real comfort in that um, it's like eating just like some frozen pizza or something. It's just kind of a nice thing to do. Uh, once it in a was, while, you know, it um, was a it was a rustler's microwave burger <laughs> film. <laughs> um, but I do, I guess, like I, I, there was one thing about Rambo that always has kind of um, confused me, and it's that for a franchise, I don't really know what the what Rambo's, you know what the unifying thing is, what's the kind of concept behind <laughs> Rambo. I never really understood it because the first film, which I loved, uh, I didn't, I didn't really understand. Like he's a, he's a Vietnam vet. And then some like police guy tries to kind of like hassle him a bit. And then he runs into the forest and then he kills like, like hundreds of innocent men. And like then hundreds <laughs> of army people who just like, they're just trying to get him, And then he's killing them. And I'm yeah. like, what, what is going on here? And uh, yeah, and like you're enjoying it because the action's good, but like conceptually, I just never really understood. And then the next one and the next one kind of just get even more confusing, and I don't know what like yeah what the story is it, with Rambo. In the third one, he he literally single handedly fights the entire Russian army. Yeah, <laughs> in the desert. Um, is he just a super soldier and that's it? But yeah, the, the the first Rambo, it's so it's so bizarre, and I don't know why it it hasn't been flagged more, but. He's literally, he's like a vagrant. He comes into town. A policeman's like, move out of town. And he's like, no. And he's like, you got to get out of town. And he's like, no way. And then the policeman arrests him. And then he just fucking goes ape shit on them. Yeah. And just, and he also like, not only does he like attack all the policemen, but he completely destroys the entire town. I think yeah. he like blows up a load of <laughs> Yeah, he does, blows up a load of buildings. It was very much, uh, that was very, very much made in the explosion era of Hollywood where like cool yeah. guys don't look at explosions like so he kind of popularized the walk away from an explosion thing and um mm. that that kind of red explosion uh of the 90s that was that was rambo in the 80s oh yeah <laughs> i think the main unifying thing that brings all the rambo films together is just he he's a he's a fighting man a man who is has been damaged by the war and has to get it out somehow i guess yeah i don't know it, I, I don't know if he's necessary it's i guess it changes like in the very first one he's kind of just in it for himself and then the idea of him defending people or or that kind of comes later on you know what i mean because yeah, the first yeah. one's just him against the police 
Yeah. He's like, I'm out here all alone. And then like by the third one and then the fourth one and the fifth one, it's like, oh, he's the protector of people who can't yeah, protect yeah. themselves. I guess as it yeah. becomes more Americanized or something. I don't know. Yeah. And there's the kind of the conspiracy stuff where he kind of is that sometimes they just put Rambo in situations and uh, he has to fight his way out of them. You know, like there's, there's mm. that. Sometimes they just like they'll just throw him into the Philippines or something like that. And uh, yeah. they're like, who will we get? And they're like, well, John Rambo, the, you know, the ultimate yeah. killer. And then he does it and he just goes and kills shit tons of people. And I love the scene. My favorite Rambo scene just and then you could tell me yours. Uh, obviously, the eyes opening. Uh, when he's covered in muck and then like mm. it's the tree and then the eyes opening. I always love that scene, but also him getting um, electrocuted on the bed. Have you ever, oh, do you remember yeah. that? That's one of my favorite ones. That's just because mm. I think that's Sylvester Stallone does best kind of doing a weird kind of like, and he's getting electrocuted. <laughs> it's just really good. He's so good, man. I love him. His face is so <laughs> Emotional, he's just such yeah, a yeah. funny guy like yeah <laughs> he, um, i really want you to see this scene because there's or this film because there's one uh, thing that happens in it that's just so <laughs> like i was really like whoa you've outdone yourself this time it's so <laughs> funny <laughs> but um yeah sorry as i was saying earlier it's getting a, in a bit of heat so whatever i said about people commenting on the quality of it yeah it's getting a bit of heat because the premise is his whatever this fucking girl is, his niece, it says, but I didn't know he had a sister or a brother, so I don't know. But um his niece finds who her real dad is, has to go to Mexico. Then she goes down and then some stuff happens involving the cartel and then he's going to Mexico. Then there's a lot of scenes of like crossing borders and a lot of like bad guys driving around the border over you know shitty farm fences into ah, america yes. and fighting them and then sylvester stallone going and there's a lot of stuff like that which i got i i have to be honest in the moment as i kind of said earlier i was so just like in rambo mode that i wasn't yeah. even thinking i was just like bad guys good guys yeah there you go but then in hindsight there's also a few weird very sketchy aerial shots of like the actual border wall that's oh, been Jesus. Built. I was like, uh-oh. Okay, so it's a bit of a Trump 2020 uh, campaign video. Yeah, I, I did see a thing, though. Like, apparently the, the Rambo 3 also had a bit of political element to it. It was, like, defending people in Afghanistan against the Russians or something like that. So I think that's just his buzz. He's kind of always on the yeah. the knife's edge of it. But um, mm. if there's one thing that uh, perhaps would make you if you're not already convinced to go and see this, um, Peter Bradshaw of The Guardian gave it one out of five. <laughs> and uh, we're very much a fuck Peter Bradshaw uh, film review podcast. So I will be going, yeah. I'm, I'm literally uh, putting on my coat right now to go see this film mm. just because you- uh, I, I, I'm opposed to every review Peter Bradshaw has ever made. <laughs> fuck him. <laughs> do, you, do, do you see what I mean? That Like, I think, I think a film, not that, not that a, I guess it's silly to say that some films aren't, you can't review them, but it does does seem funny to review this movie and say, oh, one out of five, it's very bad. And like, of course it's bad, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it's fucking Rambo. (laughs) Um, Like, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I guess it's uh, Peter Bradshaw is the Guardian's film film reviewer, so he kind of has to review it. Um, Even though, I mean, who knows how he got that job, but... uh, There's there's one real funny scene in in the the film. It's like it's not it's nothing but like there's a bit where he's trying to find this particular guy in a club and me- oh actually I just thought of something else. But he's trying to find this particular guy in a club in uh, Mexico, and it's like a cool nightclub, loads of people dancing, and he's like, "I want you to dig me to the guy, show me the guy," and then uh, <laughs> they go in, and it's this club, and all these people like dancing, and then he's Sylvester Stallone is like trying to scope out this dude but like can you imagine sylvester stallone trying to look inconspicuous in a nightclub like it's so he's massive he's like a foot taller than everyone else about three feet wider and he's just standing there in a big trench like, coat trying to look like yeah but um another thing kind of related to, to what i was saying about the the trump-esque stuff which is hilarious the first scene where the girl <laughs> where his daughter goes into Mexico they're trying to show that she's in a, a dodgy neighborhood 
and she's just driving down the road and as she's driving down there's just a lad standing at the side of the road just holding a pistol just standing <laughs> on the side of the street like that's there what it's he like is. down there there's people just standing around yeah, holding yeah, guns yeah so it definitely does feed into uh the false narrative that you know that uh that is being made by Republicans at the moment. Um, mm. You'd say that. Ah, yeah. It's a shame. But uh, admittedly, for- admittedly, I only, I only made that, I only made that link when I was told about it. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, fair. But um, yeah, now I see it. I'm like, yeah, but I still think, <laughs> think it was a pretty funny movie and it was worth okay. it. I think I probably will, to be honest. Uh, I guess I'd like to segue into what films are you going to see this week? Um, Actually, before that, I'd like to tell you that I did what I should have done a long time ago, Mark. Uh, something mm-hmm. that I've probably been supposed to do my entire life. I went to see Alien. Well, I didn't go to see it. I, I sat ah. down and watched it and I loved it. I absolutely yes. loved it. it. It is just the best. It's the best did you film. F- did you feel any kind of... Um- were you kind of like fuck like i've left it so long kind of thing or are you just you just happy not really it's just um i don't know i've been very much in a mood to watch a film like alien for a while and since watching it i've just watched lots of films like that um and it, no i just i just watched it and i kind of knew because i know alien already in a weird way because it's been talked about so much and it's such a famous film but then mm. it just i i don't know it just tied together so nicely you kind of just like it's not like, oh, I should have watched this before. It's more like, oh, this is what everyone was talking about. And um, I loved it. I loved everything about it. And mm. uh, I, I was a big fan. And I can't wait to see the rest of them. The only, I guess, maybe the only thing, but it wasn't, it wasn't a negative for me, is that the plot of Alien has been repeated several times by uh, yeah. several other films, which I have seen. And um, almost like absolute copies of the Alien script uh, by what? other films. What was that one called that I think maybe did it have I think like it's Mark called, Wahlberg? Uh, uh, no, I had to, uh, there's a film I went to see with Jake Gyllenhaal. That's um, the one. Yeah. I heard that that is literally just an identical copy. It was called it. A Life. Life. Um, yes. With Jake yes. Gyllenhaal. Yes. And, and I watched that film and loved it. It was terrifying. Um, and everyone who, was, who I went to cinema with was like, that was just Alien. And I was like, oh, I haven't seen Alien, but I love that movie. Mm, <laughs> but that's then, funny. Uh, but no, it's, it's you, like incredibly similar. How did you think the? because I, I mentioned last time we kind of spoke about Alien, the special effects, but I think I have some kind of nostalgic association with it because I've seen the film so many times from seeing it the first time ever. How did you think the special effects looked? Oh, they hold up completely. I guess maybe I do have a nostalgic edge for it because it does seem a little similar in terms of set design and everything to something like Blade Runner. Uh, mm. Like they, they, it looks great. Um, those films mm. have aged wonderfully. Um, but it does kind of you do feel a little kind of like nostalgia for you know a time that I clearly wasn't alive, but you do feel a little bit of like <laughs> yeah. Mm. The oh, mm, the what was it? The sixties or the seventies? Seventies, uh, I think. Mm, the seventies, a, a time I wasn't alive, but I really long for. Um, yeah, but no, I, I it, loved it. I really did. Thanks for getting me to watch it finally. The, the idea of the like kind of junker, big kind of banger of a spaceship rocketing around, like it's basically like a big, I don't know, just like a big truck, like yeah. of a spaceship. It's quite cool <laughs> as well, like, and it's done so yeah. well. It looks so oily and dirty and claustrophobic and horrible, yeah. and you're like. Oh yeah, they get it really, really well. Yeah, they nail it. They nail it. I, I, I just like I hate this uh, showing space with these really polished aircrafts. When like I, you know, I've watched like NASA videos. I know what the inside of a space uh, spacecraft looks looks like, and they're not that polished. They look real mm. kind of like junky, and it just looks like they they have they haven't even like closed off the uh, engine. Like it just looks like all the engines and stuff are there. Have you seen High Life? High Life. Yeah, it was, it was a film with uh, Ryan, Ryan Patterson. What's his name? Ryan Patterson? Pat- Rob Pattinson. <laughs> High Life. No, I haven't seen it. That has a good junky, junky, junky old spaceship buzz going in it as well. But, uh, ah, okay. Okay, okay. Um, um, here, what, uh, have you any bloody films for me to watch uh, this week? Yeah, I do, actually. I, um, I, I saw a film just last night. That I think is in keeping with the films. 
I think all the films that we talked about today have kind of a similar stream in that they are films which are enjoyable to watch. Almost all escapist films that I are just it's just nice sometimes to sit down and and just watch a movie and not really care much about what you're watching or the gravity of it or the ideas that it's putting forth. Just enjoy the film. And uh, mm-hmm. and so this is one of those. It's called The Fugitive. Um, okay. And it's it's uh, as old as me. It's a 1993 film. It Anna said on the couch, I want to watch something. She said, thriller. She said, uh, not supernatural. Uh, murder, conspiracy, detective. Uh, and then she didn't say this, but uh, this is what it ended up with. Harrison Ford. And um, oh, yeah. it turned out to be exactly what we were looking for. Um, and I, feel- I really recommend it. It's just like a chase scene. And it, it's like a chase scene the whole film. And it's real good. Harrison Ford just getting going through some serious emotional uh, damage. But it's very good. He's just got... I'm like, this guy, he just like from the first second of the film is having a shit time. And then he continues to have a shit time the, the entire film. It's really good. <laughs> it looks... I'm looking I'm looking at pictures. Like, I just Google imaged it there. And it looks... I'm actually surprised that it seems like a film I would have watched. Is it yeah. on Netflix? Uh, it it's, is on Netflix, it, and it is. I definitely I haven't seen it, but yeah. it looks it looks good. It's it's definitely a forgotten film uh, because it was nominated uh, and may have even won an Academy Award for Tommy Lee Jones as the detective character. Um, what? Yeah, uh, but it, I haven't heard anyone talk about it. Um, but it, it, it was a really big film in its day. Hmm, that's cool. Yeah, I look forward to. Uh, what about you? Anything for that. me to watch? Yeah, I. Uh, we're we're kind of reversing roles here, so I'm going to recommend to you quite a like I guess a kind of an artsy one, and you gave me okay. that one. But uh, <laughs> the um, I'm going to recommend to you a film called Tekong Kinkrete. That's T E K K O N K I N K R E E T. I'll just text yeah? it to me. I'll text it to you. Um, it is um based off a manga of the same name, um, which Cav the a uh, person who designed the image for MK Ultra film. Love you, Cal. Lent me a Great couple work, of days Cal. ago, very kindly. Yeah, thanks, Cal. But uh, it's an amazing. It's it's my favorite anime film ever. It's the 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 backgrounds, oh, wow. the color, and animation. It's just unbelievable. It's about these two kids called Black and White, and one of them is kind of a bit kind of crazy the younger one white and then black is kind of the older one and he kind of protects the young kid and they live in this weird world kind of in the future not really in the future and it's overrun by gangs and they're like their own two little kids living in this future world um trying to defend themselves against the gangs Uh, and then mark i just need to interrupt you (laughs) we we saw this film together in new york city the day before i worked day before i went to work we saw this film together oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) we we uh we did we we had some chocolates and then um and then we watched this film together you i mean i can understand why you won't remember why you don't remember that but that did happen and um, we watched it do you not remember yeah i do (laughs) (laughs) all right uh yeah but no, I have. Well, I've, here, I've look, listen, film. just watch fucking High Life then instead. Okay, I will watch High Life. <laughs> With Robert, Rob, Robert Ryan, De Niro. Ryan Robert De Niro. Ryan Robert De Niro gets sent into space. <laughs> there's a, there's like something, the, the mafia are expanding their operations to space and they send him over as the first person to investigate. There's gangs of aliens in space he is trying to make some links with these guys. He has to report back his findings and then things just don't go as planned. It's called High Life. A24 film came out last year. Robert De Niro. Okay. Roy Roy Tuberson, isn't it? I'll check it out. Roy Tuberson. <laughs> Ron Hodgson. <laughs> um, what are you going to, what are you going to see this week? Are you going to see anything this week? Uh, I, well, actually an interesting one. Um, Between Two Ferns uh, has a movie out on Netflix um, with Zach Galifianakis uh going around interviewing 10 people he's brought his between two friends um internet a youtube show uh mm-hmm. he's turned it into a movie for netflix and um <laughs> and yeah that's what i'm gonna find out so i'm gonna watch that movie this week and see how it gets Weird. on yeah it's not like those clips are just like 10 minutes of him interviewing someone yeah so we'll see how it gets on as a film um could be out there mm-hmm. it could be very bad it's a mockumentary 
So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Okay. What about you? I'm going to see The Farewell. Have you seen that, that the ads for that film? It's about like a, a girl and, and her, her, her grandmother gets cancer and then they don't want to tell her. The doctors advise that she's old enough that there's no point in telling her that she has cancer and to just kind of let her pass away. It sounds extremely grim, but it's not. Oh, um, wow. It's not as, as it, it looks quite nice. It looks like it'll probably make, make me cry a lot, but it looks like it'll be a nice film. Needless to say, it's produced by... A24? Yes. Um, <laughs> that looks very good. Okay. Well, um, I mean, I guess um, following on that, uh, uh, you're going to see The Farewell, and I will say farewell to you and farewell to uh, our lovely listeners who've been uh, listening to us this far. Uh, as always, if you can send us any voice messages, and we have been getting some really nice voice messages, we'll be reviewing Ad Astra next week along with two contributions mm-hmm. from... Uh, Ralph and Michael. So we will be doing that next week. Please keep sending them to 089-490-2837. Um, follow us on Instagram, mkultrafilm or at mkultrafilm uh, or e- email us at mkultrafilm at gmail.com. Um, anything you want to say, Mark? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a, a timbre bye-bye. <laughs>